Gemara Nedarim Dav Zayin, Amasechet dedicated for the Hatzlacha Miriam Bat Esther, Behekire Elohim Tenaten, Bekarov Amenken Yiratzon. Today is the yard site of Rabbi Meir Shapiro, Alav Shalom, founder of Daf Yomi. So only appropriate to learn the Daf as well. The Zechet Nishmato Atehora, again, the Bimeir. We begin today's daf on Zayin, Amud Rishon, and we're at the top line. So the Gemara is in the Sugahir of Yad, Yadayim. So we talked about Yadayim by Nedarim, by Nazir. Yesterday we discussed Yadayim by Kedushim. We went to Pe'ah and some other items. So now the Gemara is going to ask a question. Yes, Yad Litztaka or En Yad Litztaka. When it comes to giving charity, and the person donates the charity, not in an explicit way, but in an uh, uh, inexplicit way, where it can be interpreted that he's giving Sadaka, that's called the Yad, uh, even if it's Yad Muchiyah, even if it's a conclusive Yad, is that considered a, um, uh, uh, enough to mehayev him, to obligate him? to give the tzedakah, or is he patur? So the Gemara says, What's the case? If he says, this zuz, this coin is for tzedakah, and this one also, so the Gemara asks, That's, that's legitimate tzedakah, that's not a yad. I mean, he's saying, I'm giving this coin and this coin as well. But tzedakah, that's not a yad. That's uh, explicit tzedakah for sure, the second zoos uh, has a deen of tzedakah. So he said, this coin is for tzedakah and this one. But he didn't say, uh, this one also. So the question is, uh, what does he mean? Does he mean that this one also was for tzedakah? Then of course, Will be Hayab or Dilma. If you say there's no Yadayim, so we can say, My Vehadin, the Nafkuta Be'alma Ka'amav, which means that I'm going to spend this one also. I'm going to spend it for my, uh, you know, for my uh, expenses, but not necessarily for Siddhaqah. And the Gemara says, Debura Hu Delo Askir. He just didn't uh, finish his words. You know, he just said, Ba'adin, Ba'adin, what? Ba'adin, the Beti. So that's the, uh, the question. So the Gemara now tries to answer if there's Yad the or not. Now we learned already in the uh, Torah, it says, in Devarim, Motza Sefatecha Teshmod. You got to keep your, keep your word, Va'asita. Ka'asher nadalta l'ashem Elohecha nedaba. Now this pasuk is talking about over here that if a person donated uh, or made a neder of a korban, so he has to keep his word uh, and he has to, you know, follow up on his pledge. But the Gemara uh, learns in Nosh Hashanah from the word beficha that beficha is referring to sedakah. Okay, not explicitly, but when it says what you utter from your mouth is referring to sedakah. So now we have a juxtaposition in one pasuk Korban and Tzedakah are in the same Pasuk. Oh, so now we could come along and make a Hekesh and say, 
מי אמרי נן כיוון דאתקש לקורבנות, דכתיב בפיך, זו צדקה. Since we learned that the word בפיך is צדקה, and it's juxtaposed in the same פסוק as קורבנות. מה קורבנות יש להם יד, אף צדקה יש לה יד, and therefore we learned that קורבנות have a יד, and therefore צדקה should have a יד also, and therefore it'll be חייב. או דילמה, או maybe no, לבל תאחר הוא דאתקש. Or maybe it's only uh, uh, juxtaposed in itkash to certain laws, but not all the laws. Maybe just the law of Baltachet, that you cannot delay. Just like you cannot delay a korban, and if you do, you over Baltachet, so to tzedakah you can't delay. And that's the connection between the two. And we learned on yesterday's daf, if you remember, that how could you only learn a hekesh partial? We have a rule that says, en hekesh lachatzain, and the Ran answered us, that that's only when uh, the items that you are comparing to each other are written explicitly in the Pasuk. But over here, Tzedakah is not written explicitly, it's only from a derashah beficha. And therefore, it's okay to learn it uh, partially. And that's the Gemara's, that's the Gemara's uh, sefek. Now the Gemara leaves it in, 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 in a question, and then the Gemara moves on to a different sefek. All these sefekot, by the way, are the sefekot of Rav Papa. יש יד להפקר, או דלמה אין יד להפקר. So a person comes along and says, this item over here will be הפקר, ownerless. And then he said, וזה, uh, you know, and this one also. So again, the question is, is the second item subject to the laws of הפקר? Uh, so the Gemara comes along and says, I don't understand. What, 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 what's the ספק over here? היינו סדקה. That's, that's the same d- 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 dilemma that we have by tzedakah. What does that mean? How is hefker tzedakah? What does hefker got to do with tzedakah? So the mefashim explain, because to, to whom is a person mefkid his nechassim to usually? Stam mefkid is fa'anim. Therefore, usually you make hefker so the anim can come and benefit. You don't make hefker fa'ashirim. Ashirim don't need your money. So therefore, since stam mefker is... Uh, in order that the Anim should benefit from it. So then the Gemara is asking, you asked this question already, whatever you're going to say by Siddakah, that'll be the answer by Hefker. Uh, so the Gemara comes along and says, no, if you want to come along and say, uh, that what, which is we're using the Imtim uh, uh style, which means, Imtim Selomar Yesh Yad if you want to say, we'll answer that question. The question we started today's daf with about yesh yad let's assume yesh yad And in hekesh lemechsan. And therefore, we're not going to learn the hekesh partially. It's a full hekesh to korbanot. And just like this balta achel by tzedakah, there's also yad by tzedakah. However, hefker mi amrinan hainu tzedakah. Right? Do you say that hefker is like tzedakah? Or Dilma, Shani Tzedakah, Tzedakah, Lo Hazya, Ena La'aniyim. Or maybe I'll say no. Tzedakah is exclusively to the Aniyim. But she'en ken, aval efken, ben la'aniyim, ben la'ashirim. And therefore you really can't say that Hefken follows the same principles of Tzedakah. It's not. And therefore the Hekesh that you make for Tzedakah, the Korbanot, is not necessarily going to be the the same law by Hefker, because Hefker can be made to Ashidim as well. 
And therefore, maybe it's not tzedakah. And therefore the Gemara says, we don't know the answer to that question. Let me just put a mute over here. I figured that out yesterday. So now, uh, if we go to the Ran over here for a minute. If we go to the Ran, the Ran... Well, let, well let, let's, let's go a drop further. Let's go a drop further so we can read them all together. Another Yad question. This time it's asked by Ravina. Ravina. Yesh Yad nebeta kise olo. What is that? What is a Yad nebeta kise? Now, we know that a beta kise uh, does not have the status of a beta kise until it's either used. And then already it has a deed of a bet kiseh with all the laws. You can't say the Torah and has tumah, whatever it may be. And uh, or if you designate it, so designation would make the bet kiseh a bet kiseh. So the Gemara says, "Well, hechi dame, how are you using yad in bet kiseh? Idimad amar haden betal heve bet kiseh vehaden name. If you actually explicitly said this room is going to be a bet kiseh and this one also." So when you use the word also, that means also a better kiseh. Ha-hu, better kiseh na me'avav. So that's for sure a better kiseh, the second one. And that's not a yad. Ela kegon amar vehaden. He said, and this. Velo amar na But he didn't say the word na also. Now what's the she'ela? Mai haden de amar vehaden na Better kiseh. Is it meaning haden, meaning haden na This one also. That's what it would be a better kiseh. Or dilma. My bad then, let us be Shabbat You know, just like the Betaki says, going to have a function for Betaki says, and this also, this, and this, and this one will have a different function for whatever I need it for, for storage, or whatever it may be, for other things, to, you know, important things. And therefore, it does not have a deen of a Betaki So the Barak comes along and says, wait, before we even go further, Michlal, we can imply the Pshita Lele Ravina, Yesh Zimun the Betaki it sounds like that's all you need for a bet to come a bet just verbal designation, meaning without even using it. Now, that was a question that Ravina had. In, in Gemara Berachot, we learned that Ravina actually had a sefek, we had a question. Does hasmana, does verbal designation bring a bet kinesa to a status of a, sorry, a bet to a bet So over here it sounds like it's pashut that hasmana works. The question is, does a yad hasmana work? So the Gemara is asking, but uh, what happened to Ravina Safik? So the Gemara answers, Ravina, hada mego hada kamibayale. Actually, it's a one two punch, Ravina was asking. It's a one two question. And the question would be like this, Zimun Mo'il or En Zimun Mo'il? And then, Imtim Selomar, Yes Zimun, Yes Yad or En Yad? Fine. So therefore, the Yad question is only a follow-up question to the main question. The question is, right, does Zimun work at all? Even if you do it explicitly. Okay. And even if you want to tell me Zimun works, if you do it explicitly, what about a Zimun al Yad? Fine. So therefore, 
It's just a, uh, 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 he's not answering his original question. He still has that suffix. He just doubled you know, down and asked a second question. And the Gemara comes along and says, regarding all these uh, questions that we asked in the sugya, whether it's Yad Le Kedushin, or Yad Le Pe'ah, Yad Le Tzedakah, Yad Le Hefker, Yad Le Betakiseh, all these questions that we asked, the Gemara finally resolves it by saying, Teba'ele, is a, another way of saying, it, it, is, a, it is a question, like Tiku. Uh, now, so the Gemara leaves it in the base. The Gemara does not answer these questions. Now, another proof over here that uh, the Mefarshim will discuss is Nedarim uh, part of Talmud Babli or not. There are those that want to say that Nedarim actually is uh, more to the Yerushalmi than it is to the Babli. And they, of course, they notice a lot of different phraseology that we have in Masichet Nedarim that we don't have in regular uh, Masichtot in Babli. And here's another case of it. You know, normally we would put a word Tiku. And over here the Gemara says, uh, That's not a normal Babli way to leave a question uh, in a question. So that's again, for those that want to say that the Nidarim is from uh, the Yerushalmi. And again, that goes back to the big debate that we have is Rashi over here, Rashi. And then Rashi didn't explain on the Yerushalmi. Therefore, that uh, explains why uh, that rabbi that we have in the margin here called Rashi might not be uh, the actual Rashi, because you see the Gemara Nidarim is not maybe from the uh, regular uh, regular Babli. Okay, now that's the end of the sugya of Yadai. Now let's go to Raran. Raran over here comes along and says, Yesh yad lebeta kiseh, sheye asul lekrot po kiriyat shema. Oh, he just gives me enough kamina. What, what, you know, what, what, and then what, what does it mean if it's a beta kiseh? Enough kamina, we could just say kiriyat shema in that, in that space. Fine. So it's a double question. If you want to say there is zimun, how about zimun al yad? Like we learned. Now we get to the bottom line, the way the Ran bottom lines it. Comes to Kedushin, we're going to say, well, Kiddushin is a law, obviously, the Oraita, and therefore we have to hedge with the, the Oraita to go strict, and therefore we're going to say yes, yad. And therefore the, the second lady will be considered the Mikudesh at the Humrah, and therefore, you know, uh, uh, we'll have a Dina Veshetish, and she needs a get, and, and which, you know, the, whatever the laws are going to come out of that. Ube Pea when it comes to Pea Utstaka, which are monetary items, so he says, well, it's also Humrah. These are Torah laws, Pe'ah and Tzedakah. Therefore, we have a Tiku over here, therefore we have to be strict. Therefore, there's an interesting Rambani. He calls Tzedakah an Isur. And therefore, since it's, you know, Isur, and we have a rule. Anytime you have a, a tikkun on something that's in the realm of Isur, so therefore we have to be the Humrah. Umayda marzal de sugyan de yeshad de tztaka, haynu mishum de kaamninan imtim selomar, yeshad de tztaka. So he comes along and he says that um, the reason why uh, 
we come out, when it comes to tzedakah, at least, yes, yad, because the Gemara used an imtim tzedomah. If you remember, we said on today's daf, that if you want to say, by tzedakah, yes, yad, so what about hefkir? Now, there's a general rule, Rambam says it, that any time a Gemara uh, introduces an imtim tzedomah, that's the way the Gemara is posik. So by tzedakah, it's, it's, it, the, the tiku is, 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 is resolved at least. Because the Gemara said, and imtim tzedomah, if you want to say that yesh yad b'tzedakah, what about hefkir? And therefore, veze efshar hu al derech and we know that Rambam's rule is she posek mechol makom beimtim sedomar. And any time the Gemara uh, uh, poses a question and then uh, hypothetically gives one side of the, uh, of the of the of the dilemma, like in this case over here, if you want to say so, that, that that's the way the Gemara is going. But that what the Rambam said that we also follow tikus lechumra. Because it's a tiku of isur, when the eshes skim gabkin the zeharash, but sounds like the rashba also agreed with it. V'temhari alehem, she nesugiam befuresheti besov perikas zenova v'alachayim and cholim. We say she safek mamon aniim hareu safek mamon. When it comes to sedaka, sedaka is not called safek isur; it's called safek mamon. The azdin have been the kulan and the and we have a general rule. When you have a monetary claim against somebody and there's a question on that, we go lenient. He doesn't have to pay. Prove it. Prove it that I have to pay. So when the person comes along and makes a pledge to Sidakah, Al Yedei Yad, that's called Safik Mamon. And we can't have a guy in the Humrah to pay money unless it's, unless it's proven. So the, the line is asking, why do you call it a Safik Isur? It's not Safik Isur. Sidakah actually falls into the realm of Safik Mamon. And he goes along and he brings uh, a bunch of proofs over there that that's the case. Uh, and therefore, scroll all the way to the end of the Ran, three lines to the end. Ela vaday sefeka de mamon aniim lo mekre sefeka de esura ela sefeka de mamona ulkula. I mean, the Ran at the end says, I'm sorry to tell you, I don't believe that tzedakah is called sefek mamon. It's called sefek, uh, um, uh, sorry, it's not called sefek isur. It's called Safek Mamon. And therefore, I don't, I don't accept the words of the Ramban and the Rashba that want to call it Safek Yisud uh, over there. So that's a, um, that's a very important Mahlokit Rishonim. It comes out over here. How do you look at Sadaqah? Is Sadaqah Safek Yisud or is it uh, Safek Mamon? Well, I, I, I guess you could look at it. For sure, it's Safik Mamon. Zedakah is definitely Mamon. The question, what's the sad to say it's Safik Isud? Well, if you don't pay the Zedakah, you're in Isud land now because you're going to come into uh, know, breaking, a, break, breaking your vow or breaking a nether and breaking an obligation. So maybe something that, you know, puts a, an obligation that can lead to a, a different type of Isud, that Mamon is already now begetted Isud. It's connected to other type of Isurim could be like that. They, they also understand that it's mamon, so question about it. But it's a type of mamon that leads to, to other sefekot in Isur, like lo yachel debaro, and things like that. So anything that can lead to an Isur starts off as an Isur as well. That could be the uh, logic of those, of those Isurim. All right. Anyway, that's uh, the way the Ran summarizes the uh, sugya. Now we get to the next. Melude ani lechaf. You remember we learned in the Mishnah, 
when a guy came along and said, I am uh, excommunicated to you, and then he added, right? What I'm going to eat for you. And therefore, we said uh, that he is forbidding himself from eating from his friend. And we said in the Mishnah that Nabi Akiva was chochech. Nabi Akiva, he was uh, 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 pondering uh, if it's asur or not. Chochech means to scratch. You know, when somebody's thinking, he scratches his head. So he was chochech. He's uh, pondering whether he should be mahmir or not on this. So Amar Modera Rabbi Akiva Le'inyan Malkut Tawat Eno Loke. Which means uh, Rabbi Akiva uh, that he came along and he uh, and he wanted to be Mahmir uh, when he just says Minude Ani Lecha. He didn't want to be Mahmir Le'inyan Malkut, which means the uh, Imken Nitni, because then it would have said Rabbi Akiva Mahmir. Right, if you said to be Akiva Mahmir, then it means uh, it's a it's a full fledged ned, ned. But for the fact that he said Chochech, it's Mashu that he's Mistapik. And therefore, obviously, the Akiva is not going to say you're going to get Malkut Mistapik. The Gibran is just explaining the word Chochech. Chochech means not the Akiva conclusively said we have to be Mahmir. Chochech means he's doubting. And therefore, if he's doubting, obviously, he's not going to say you're going to get Malkut uh, uh, Mistapik. Fine. And the, the, the Ran says, what is the Lachmir? Adam And like he's, uh, he's uh, stuttering. Fine. Right, which means, but you see over here that the is more there, that if it's a yad, you'll get malkut, that yadot are subject to malkut. He just says, safik in this case, when you say, do you get you know, malkut or not? But yadot are subject to malkut. Right. Now, we go to the uh, Gemara. We said that when a guy comes along and he says, from Rabbi Akiva, we said, that sounds like Rabbi Akiva's Mahmir. And what about the rabbis? So the Gemara says, If the guy comes along and says, Nadina minach, that I'm not going to eat from you, or uh, what? Miruhak um, and all those languages that we said. Uh, everybody agrees that uh, those are uh, legitimate languages of Yadot, Fenidarim, and Mudrani, Mufreshani, Miruhikani, all these languages over here are all mashma that he's distancing himself, and we don't have any machloket uh, on that at all. So what's the, uh, what's the, what's the subject? Mishamtana, oh, the word mishamtana. Now, mishamtana is the targum of the word nidui. Mishamtana minach, if you use that word, uh, uh, that I'm not going to eat from you, mishamtana, kula al-mashari. Even the Akiva's model over here, because 
And that's just a lashon of nidui and not a uh, lashon of neder. So let's go back now. Uh, sounds like we, we, just, we just blew up the whole machlok in it. Sounds like no machlok on anything. That means everybody agrees mishamtan as nothing, and everybody agrees on the lashonot that we said in our mishnah. For sure, it's considered a, a, a problem of, of yadayim. So the, where, where is the biakim and achimim arguing? So the Gemara says bemay peligi. What are they arguing on? So the Gemara comes along and says bemenude ani lecha. When he comes along and says menude ani lecha, sheani ochel lecha. Uh, that's the language of the Mishnah. Not Nadena, but Mimenudeh Anilecha. The Rabbi Akiva Savad, Lishna Diniduyahu. He says, well, Minudeh is Lashon of Nidui, and therefore you're distancing yourself, and therefore you won't be able to eat from your friend. But Rabbanan Savri, Lishna Dimishamatnahu. That the word Minudeh is like the word Mishamatna, uh, which is a basically excommunication. And uh, that's not used in neder, and therefore it's nothing. So the 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 the, the, the mahlokin is in one uh, one word, not in neshamatna, which is nothing, and not in nadina, which everybody says is something, but it's going to be in the word b'minude anilecha. So now what's uh, what's that? So if you look at the ran, the ran will say. Bemai peligi, back on Amud Rishon, Bemai peligi, the Ran says, Bemenudeh ani lecha. Kilomar, Ve'aman ameh she'ani ochel lecha. So he said, Bemenudeh she'ani ochel lecha. He used the you know, full terminology. Da'i l'shna demenudeh ma'ash ma'achi, or ma'ash ma'achi. So, menudeh can go either way. Rabbi Akiva, Sama'an l'shna deniduyahu. Kilomar, She'afshu l'shun li'chuk ve'evdel ki m'fushani m'nuchokani. He learns it, it's no different. Then meruhakani, mufreshani, and if we have to be strict. Kedibetagina, v'hadava b'nidata, v'savata b'nidhukam, hilka chasur. V'hadavan say no, the word menudeh is more shamata, and shamata more is excommunication, and that's not nashon neder. Shilashon b'nei adam lomro al-nidui bilbad, and not al-nashon neder, and therefore that is the mahloket. So the... Again, this is all, uh, all uh, you know, we're playing semantics over here, what these words uh, would mean over here. Rabbi Akiva says, it could be a lashon neder, that you move, you're removing yourself from hana'ah from your friend. But I would say, no, you don't use that word in neder. That's just a, a lashon of excommunication. Ufliga, uh, now, the way that Papa learns, the Mahloke, is not the way that Chazda learns. Ufliga, that Chazda. Ta'ahu gavra. There was a story, a guy came, the Amar, Mishamatna He forbade himself using the Lashon Mishamatna from the assets of the son of Yirmiyah Bar Abba. So he used the word, Mishamatna, I am Mishamatna myself from the assets of this Yirmiyah uh, Bar Abba. Atta so the one that made the neder came in front of Rav Chazda, Amar Le, so he tells him, Let the hashla lehad Rabbi Akiva. Uh, don't worry. Nobody uh, follows Rabbi Akiva, the kasabar b'mishamatna peligi. That the argument is in the word mishamatna. So it means, uh, it sounds like even Rabbi Akiva will say there's a safek in mishamatna. That it's like he's forbidding himself to his friend. 
And therefore, he said, don't worry. You said the word Mishamatna. Nobody, nobody takes Rabbi Akiva. But that means why Rabbi Akiva is Mahmiba, Mishamatna. Not like the Papasa. The Papasa, no, but Mishamatna, Kula Amen, Lopedi. Even Rabbi Akiva is more there. There's no Mahloket by Mishamatna. And here, in the Pazdan story, he's saying, nah, don't, don't pay attention to Rabbi Akiva. He's the only one that's Mahmiba by Mishamatna. So obviously, you see, he held that even that word can be subject to Vyadai. Fine. Amar, now we get to a new point. Amar bi ilah, Amarav. Nidahu befanav. Let's say you put a person in nidui in front of him. In front of him. En matirim lo, ela befanav. Okay? The only way to take it off is to take it off in front of him as well. And what's the, what's the logic in that? Why can't you take the nidui off? You know, remotely. Why does it have to be in front of him? And uh, the logic is over here because he might not know that you took it off. Uh, and therefore, uh, when he sees that people are not treating him in Nidui, he's going to say, oh, the whole thing in Nidui, is, uh, it's, it doesn't mean anything anyway. See, nobody follows it. But he's not going to realize that the reason why they're not following it is they took it off. So therefore, it's basically shelo yavo lezalzel be'inyan nidui. Olpam. They put the guy in nidui in front of his face. For whatever reason, he was disrespectful to a tamir ha'kham or whatever the reasons why people get put into nidui. Excommunication. So they go in front of the guy and say, you are b'nidui. So the only way to remove it is that they got to go in front of him again and take it off. And again, the logic of it is because if they remove it uh, and uh, not in front of him. He's not going to know that it's removed, and he's going to see people not following the rules of Nidui against him, and he's gonna just going to you know, belittle it. They not important. So that's, uh, that's one reason. Uh, another reason that they give is that, um, that when you make a Nidui Bifanav, it's stronger than a nidui shelo befanav. It's just a stronger type of nidui. And therefore, since it's a stronger type of nidui, the only way to get it off is to do it befanav. It's just, it's just a more intense type of nidui. Nothing to do with gezerah and that, you know, you're worried uh, that something's going to happen, that the guy's not going to know. So th- there's a big nafkeminah between these two reasons. The nafkeminah would be is let's say uh, they tell the guy, by the way, we know that we were you in front of you, but you should know the rabbis released you. So now he knows. So if you, if you say the whole concern is that he's going to be mezalzel, he's not going to be mezalzel anymore because he knows that there's no nidui on him. But if you say that a nidui that's done b'fadav is intrinsically a strong nidui, so what do I care if he knows? Bottom line, you got to be you got to we got to release it in front of him. That's the only way you can take this strong nidui off in front of him. If you say the whole thing is zilzilzul. So therefore, if you tell him, by the way, the rabbi's released you, so he knows exactly where he's standing. But if it's not possible to release him because it's a strong and he's doing, so what do I care if he knows? Still got to release it in front of him. The Gemara says, that if you did any do it to somebody, so when the nidu is done, not in front of the person, then you can release him. Amar, Rab Hanin, Amar Rab, Hashomeya Haskarat Hashem. Now let's say somebody hears somebody saying Hashem's name, Hasbashalom, 
לבטלה. מפי עברו. He did it במזיד. He guys just, either he's saying a ברכה לבטלה, או he's saying Hashem's name לבטלה. צריך לנדותו. So his friend immediately must put the guy who said Hashem's name לבטלה in נידוי. ואם לא נידהו, and if let's say the friend did not uh, activate נידוי on him, So that he himself is automatically placed in Nidui because he doesn't have respect for Hashem's name. The fact that he was, uh, 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 you know, silent when he heard them being mezalzel with Hashem's name, so that's already a reason that he should be put into Nidui. Rabbi, does every individual have the power to put somebody else in Nidui? So the Ram says over here, Hashomei azkarat Hashem mipi habero sarik ladato, בראש תמורה מפקינן עזרה למזכיר שם שמיים לבטלה. How do you know that you're not allowed to say Hashem's name לבטלה? בכלל. Where's the warning? Because it says, את השם אלוהיך תירא. So everybody's under warning based on the pursuit that you must fear Hashem's name. And how do you fear Hashem's name? You say it only when it's necessary. אם לא נדעו, הוא עצמו יהיה בנידוי. So the Ran says, לא שיהיה בנידוי מאליו. There's no such thing as automatic nidui. Nidui's got to be activated by somebody else. What does it mean? He should be nidui. So the answer says, it means that Ela ra'ui lehit nadot ka'amar. He should be put into nidui by others. And she'arei ha'maskir atzmo sarich nidui. Ve'ach ye hamur memenu ha'shomeya ve'shotek. Exactly, which means, it doesn't make sense. The guy who says Hashem's name, It's not automatically in Nidui. So how is the guy who hears it and keeps quiet automatically in Nidui? He's going to be worse? <laughs> the Nidui on the guy that hears it and keeps silent is going to be more uh, uh, effective than a guy who says it where you have to actually put him in Nidui? Can't be. And therefore, all this Gemara is saying is that when somebody says the Shem Shemayim about Talah, so he should be placed uh, in Nidui. Now, either it means that the guy himself will put him in Nidui, Or he'll go to the Bedin and say, this guy said, Shem Shemayim Lebatala, and either the Bedin will, uh, will place him in uh, Nidui. But again, there's no such thing as, uh, uh, according to the Rad at least, that this thing is happening uh, by itself. Well, this thing's only happening, again, uh, when it is uh, actually uh, activated. Fine. So now the Gemara comes along and says... Nalgebara says, Shekol makom shazkarat Hashem mitzuya, amazing thing here, that anytime we see uh, people that are mezalzel with Shem Hashem, that they say God's name in vain, Sham aniyut mitzuya, rest assured, that's where you find poverty. Vaniyut kimita. And aniyut is a form of death. Shene'emar, as it says, ki metu kol ha'anashim. Now let's, let's go back and see exactly the Ran. The Ran says, shekol makom. What is this kol makom doing over here? What is the Gemara bringing now that mentioning Hashem's name brings poverty? Ta'ama kayahib lemai da'amnina, ve'imlo nida'u atzmo ye'e b'nidui. 
It's explaining why if the person was silent and didn't put his friend in Nidui, why he is worthy to be in Nidui. Shari Achshab Hamur, the Sham Aniyut Mitsuya. Because uh, it's a serious thing. What this person is doing, he's bringing Aniyut uh, uh, to the people. And therefore, if you didn't make a Nidui over here, so Shalom, you're causing the people to become Ani, Dichtiv. Interesting. It says, wherever you mention my name, I will come and bless you, God says. When you mention God's name properly, it brings and wealth. So the now learns it from an implication. If saying Hashem's name correctly brings berakah, then we can infer saying it you know, in, in, in vain brings the opposite. In a member dictive, Gabish of what checker the Khantu the et et sabet abanav. That it seems that uh, it'll destroy his house, as it seems, as is Avanim with Muna, Medameskarat Shem the Batalan Shwachekin, and Shwachekin and Shem Shamam the Batala are the same. Now, what's the proof, Rabotai? What is the proof over here? Um, what is the uh, the proof over here that saying uh, that an aniyut is like mita? I mean, we've, we've heard that statement before. Ani hashut kamet, but the Gemara is proving it. Kimetu kola anashim. You remember when Moshe Rabbeinu. Uh, wanted to come back, uh, was told to go back to Egypt. So uh, the Pasuk says that uh, God says, don't worry, the people that were giving you trouble, which was the Tambaviram, well, they died. Now, we know that the Tambaviram did not physically die because the Tambaviram was still around in the times of Korah. So therefore, what does it mean that they died? So it must be, it's a different form of death where they're still alive. And if the Gemara learns, must be they lost their money. And therefore, from here you learn that you could say that when a person loses his money, it's a form of death. So, Ran says, mamash. The time Aviram didn't die, actually, Anytime it says those words in the Torah, about people, we know who they're talking about. We know that they were around at, at, at Korah's Mahlok. Now, the question over here is obvious. Maybe they went blind. I mean, the Gebara says, Or maybe they didn't have children. The Gebara says, uh, so how does the Gemara know automatically that it was the poverty? Maybe they became lepers. So the Ran asks all these questions. There's four people that are like Ahmed. Here for sure it must mean that they became impoverished. We know that they, it doesn't mean that they became blind. Why? Remember they said, even if you gouge our eyeballs out, we're not coming. That means they had eyes. 
So therefore, they were not blind. What are you gouging out a blind man's eye for? There's no benefit for that. Basically, they said, even if you pull out our eyes, we're not coming. So therefore, they had eyes. Maybe they were lepers. No, they weren't. The mahlukit of Korah was amongst the people. And if they were lepers, they would not be living amongst the people. They would actually be outside the camp. So therefore, they were not lepers. Maybe you'll tell me, no, no, maybe they were lepers in Egypt. And that's what it means. And they got healed at Matan Torah. Like we said, everybody got healed at Matan Torah. Because we learned that all those people that healed at Matan Torah actually went back to their handicap at Masayah Egil. So all those healings were temporary. So if they had Sara'at, they would have gotten it back. Maybe it was because they didn't have children. No. Exactly. Well, it doesn't make sense to context. Which means, uh, go back because they died. Because they didn't have children. Why should that make it more safe for Moshe that they didn't have children? I mean, because a person who doesn't have children loses his clout with Paro. If you want to tell me, again, the time by when we're getting Moshe in trouble with Paro. So God says, you have nothing to worry about. They died. It means if they say they became poor, that means they lost their clout with, with, with the king. But if you say because they don't have children, why should that cause them to lose clout with the king? And therefore, why is Moshe safe if that time they don't have children? So therefore, that cannot be. I can understand that a king might not deal with a blind man and might not deal with a leper, but he'll deal with people that don't have children. So therefore, that cannot be. And therefore, we're left by process of elimination that when it says kimetu, it's referring to that they uh, went poor. Things, certain things don't change. Because they lost their money and therefore no one's listening to them. And that's uh, why Moshe Rabbeinu was actually uh, safe. And the Gemara then comes along and says, Betanya, we have a Vraita, Kol makom shenatnu hachamim enehem. You know, anytime uh, a hakam looked at somebody with uh, angry eyes uh, because they were makpeed on him because out of disrespect or things like that, or mita or oni, it either brought death to the person or it brought oni or it brought uh, actual um, uh, uh, poverty. And uh, if you remember, we learned this from Eliezer uh, Ibn Abraham. When Eliezer went to find the Shiduch for Yitzhak Avinu, so he gets to Laban and Betuel. And we know that they were giving him a hard time. Uh, actually, they were trying to kill him. As we said, they poisoned his, uh, his drink. And if you remember what happened is that Betuel ended up dying. Right? They switched the, uh, the drinks on him and Betuel ended up dying. And we know that Laban became impoverished. And that's when we remember Yaakov Avinu came to Laban's house uh, Laban didn't have any money. And uh, why? Because since they were fooling around with Eliezer, the Gabbarah says, In this case, it was both. It was Mita Lebetuel and Oni Laban. And that's what it says in the Pasuk. Orich Yamim Bimina, Bismola, Oshel Bechavod. That Orich Yamim Bimina in the, uh, the uh, the right 
side is Orech Yamim, is long life. Ubismolah is Osher Vechavod. And on the left is Osher Vechavod. If you remember what Laban, what Eliezer told Laban and Betuel, give me the girl now. I will go to the right or to the left. So according to this, it's not Pshat that he was just saying, I'm going to go, you know, uh, geographically to the right or to the left. He meant to say, I'm going to uh, punish you to the right side and to the left side. That means you lose your life, that's the right side. And that's exactly what happened. The Betuel ended up losing his life and Laban lost his money. That's Therefore, the Gemara is saying that the Hakpada, but I mean Hakam, God forbid, can bring these uh, these consequences. Amar bi Abba, Abba kaim na kameh de Ravuna. I was in front of Ravuna. Shama lehach iteta, and uh, he heard a certain lady the Afka. Haskarat Hashem Lebatala. That she said Hashem's name, Lebatala. Shamta. So he put her in Nidui immediately. Ushrala Lealtar Be'apa. And then immediately he released her in front of her. So from this story, the Gemara says we learn actually three different, uh, three different things. What do we learn over here? We learn Shema Minatlat. We learn three things here. Number one, Shema Mina Hashomai Haskarat Hashem Mipi Haveru Sedich Lenadoto. Like we learned, he heard this lady say Shem Shemaim Lebatala. Therefore, he had to put her in Nidui. Ushma Mina Nidahu Befanab En Matirim No Ele Befanab. And we see that he also released her in front of her. Because we just learned that when the nidui is done in front of the person, it has to be released in front of the person as well. number three, There's no duration of how long a nidui has to be because he released her immediately. Therefore, there's no a time, a minimum that a nidui has to have. There's no space between the nidui and the hafara. Uh, Fine. The Ran comes along and says, well, in the Gemara, in uh, Mu'ed Katan, it says, in the name of Shemuel, Tut Asar V'tut Shareh. The Tut is the Shofar. You, when you blow the Shofar, that puts the guy in Nidui. And when you blow the Shofar, it releases. And the Gemara said, Hanimidi the Mamona. That's only talking about when it's a monetary issue that they put him in Nidui. But if he did Chutzpah, if he's acting in an insolent way, it's minimum 30 days. And over here, it's not a monetary issue. Over here, it's because she said Hashem's name, the Batala. So how could the Gemara say over here that you could release her immediately? It seems that there's a minimum. Over here, it's more like a warning shot, where the nidui over here is, don't do that again. And that's why it's, it served the purpose. You realize that what you did is wrong, but it's not to the extent of chutzpah that would need a 30-day minimum. So the Ran actually is um, uh, 
mehalek between the between the cases. Fine. So that's that. Let's just see if we want to go further. No. We can stop over here at Botai. That's, uh, that's today's stuff. Okay. Baruch Anuay Amen ve